0: Kelly Robinson, good morning everybody, everybody, that that includes you, you're part of everybody and I'm glad that you're here this morning, we're here to talk about the plants at your place and all you have to do is pick up the phone and give us a call, the Texas State Network Lawn and Garden Hour and it broadcasts uh, with the phone number of 888-256-1080. I am trying to get everything set up and in place this morning, got to the... uh, to my studio there's no air in this place and you know if you go into a broadcast studio which is soundproofed kinda and uh, dead air provided kinda and then it has no air conditioning in what seems to be the middle of the summer a little prematurely that's really kind of stuffy so anyway trying to get that fixed I think help is on the way somebody who is smarter than I am is coming to Resolve that problem. Anyway, I'm here to talk about the plants at your place. That I can help with. So, the phone number 888 256 1080. Jared Taylor is running the boards, answering the phones, doing all the highly technical stuff. I'm trying to figure out how to turn on the air conditioning. I have both switches. They seem to be in the right place. That's the limit of my ability. <laughs> but I can talk plants. I've been doing that all my life. It's my favorite hobby. I told somebody at a had a 20th anniversary for a service club last night. I've had the, the blessing for my career of talking about my favorite hobby. So that's about the best it can be, you know. Eight 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 two five six ten eighty, and here we are on the, uh, what is this, the 14th of May. This is the middle of May, and that is the time to apply imidacloprid. I'll spell it in a moment. It's uh, the most common systemic insecticide in the marketplace. It's the time to apply that as a soil drench around your crepe myrtles if you have had the black, sooty mold that has gotten on crepe myrtles. You say, Neil, you said that's a, uh, an, a systemic insecticide, and yet you're calling that a mold. How's that work? Well, the mold grows, the mold is, is really not a, a problem other than aesthetically. Uh, crepe myrtle bark scale is a comparatively new insect that has moved into Texas, and it can be stopped before it ever starts by application of the, uh, the imidacloprid systemic insecticide as a soil drench. Now, if you've never had uh, any of what I'm talking about, don't put the imidacloprid out, but it is your, your uh, way of preventing crepe myrtle bark scale. The scale looks like big mealybugs on the trunks and twigs, uh, white, uh, insects on the trunks and twigs by midsummer, and uh, they give off a sticky honeydew residue that they spit out. You'll see the little droplets coming out. So will crepe myrtle bark aphids. Those are the two insects that get on crepe myrtles, and they're worth fighting for. Crepe myrtles give you so much color, and it's it's worth the, the treatment. Um, and in that honeydew uh, that coats the leaves and the twigs, this sooty mold will grow. It will grow on pavement I get it uh, on our pavestone driveway from the pecan trees overhead and the oak trees. You'll see it beneath elms. You'll get it uh, uh, from lace bugs on azaleas. So these are quality plants that have these problems, and the soil drench will take care of it. All right, so to spell imidacloprid, I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D. I M I D A C L O P R I D, and the timing for application is uh, is late April through mid May. So you're at the end of the time to apply. It takes uh, several weeks for it to be effective, and that's about the time the crepe myrtle bark scale starts feeding. So that's uh, that's what you do. We have uh, all of that information at the website of our Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney. Uh, organization. I'm on the board of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney. That's my hometown. And you go to crepe, C-R-A-P-E, C-R-A-P-E org, and then look under basic care and pest control, and you'll find a big write-up on all of what I just told you. All right, that gets our program underway. We have three of our four lines occupied by John in San Angelo, Larry and Brian, and Michael in Brian. And I'll try to help each of them. And uh, so we'll get our program underway in just a moment. Uh, the Phone number for the remaining line is uh, still 888-256-1080. Let's uh, begin the program by my telling you about the very special offer I have from Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. This is my latest book and it is a, a, a wonderful opportunity for you. Um, it is a chance to get the book at a price that will not be repeated. Uh, this was a supply chain issue. Back in October, I requested the sixth printing of my book, and we went into a tailspin because after we had agreed on the price of the sixth printing and all of the details, I said, "I'll I'll pay for you to get the paper, get the ink, get everything you need, and just store it on the floor in the warehouse." Uh, this is in San Antonio uh the uh, the folks at the printing company have done all the other uh, uh jobs for me for the book and they said deal good deal and then about a month later i get the message we can't get paper it may be 6 or 12 months till we get paper so i held on to the fifth printing books and didn't put any specials on didn't do anything over the holidays and in the spring now i have i think it's two pallets left or parts of two pallets i'm i'm into the 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 second one uh, first of the two, and uh, and I have put them on sale. They won't last very long. Instead of what the new sixth printing will be of 38.95, the fifth printing I'm closing out to finish selling all of them at 32.95. The only difference in the books there is uh, there are two paragraphs that are different, and they acknowledge the fact that we had that cold spell in February of 2021 and how the hardiness zone map of 2012 is probably inaccurate. I already had said that in all of the prior printings because I thought thought the USDA uh, moved it too far north. All that's explained. I just validated it in those two paragraphs. You can save so much money by buying the book now and getting it. I'll sign it. We'll get it in the mail by midweek and uh, get them before I run out because when I run out, that price goes up. It's Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, 11 chapters that cover every aspect of outdoor gardening in Texas, lawns, landscapes, fruit flower and vegetable gardening, all of it for 32.95, 840 of my photographs. It's 344 pages, a hardback on high-quality paper, and it's a very, very functional book. I guarantee your satisfaction or I'll refund every penny. I've not had one request for a refund in 75,000 copies sold. Here's how you buy it. It's not in stores. It's not on Amazon. You buy it from my website or by calling my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. The phone number to the office, I have a better way to buy it, but the phone number to the office is 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. That's during the week, weekday business hours. 800-752-GROW. 4769 the better way is to buy it right now while you're thinking of it and that is at neilsperry.com but don't delay once they're gone price goes up n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y dot com when people think of Mueller they think of quality steel buildings they think of durable metal roofing but the name Mueller means so much more That name, Mueller, means that you'll have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers, to help design the building of your dreams. It means you'll have a company in business for 90 years, standing behind your warranty. And it also means you get tons of added value, such as roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and maintaining new products, like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or stop by one of their 33 locations, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C-O dot com i'll have more after this message thank you kelly very very much only have that one line open it's still available to you but hurry it's because it'll go 888-256-1080 john is in san angelo john good morning
1: good morning neil um my wife and I just moved here from Colorado and bought a house here in San Angelo, and we have these little tiny stickers all over our yard. And we've had some people come in and look at them, and what I'm hearing is, "Well, welcome to West Texas." That's not the answer <laughs> I want. My answer is, "How do I get rid of them?" And Let me we've tell had you. Some people say, that... go,
0: ahead. "Go ahead." No, go ahead.
1: Uh what uh, one? Several couple guys have told us, "Well, you got to dig down, take out." As, Six inches of, of dirt, re, re, bring more dirt in, and then sod, and then oh, good uh, Somebody I well, work. Tell, tell me what these. Tell me what these
0: look like, John. Tell me what they look like. Are they? Uh, do you know what? Do you know what grasspers look like? Just plain, yeah, they're, 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 they're like
1: like probably about a like, like a quarter inch. Uh, 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 grasspers are are big. I mean, they're a little bit bigger, and they we, we call them uh, uh, goldheads in Colorado, but they're they're. Um, what these things are, they're probably a quarter inch or less. They're little tiny things, and they get in your um, get in your shoes, get in the house, and they get in the carpet. You can't see them when they get in the carpet. They're little tiny things, like, uh, and the plants themselves are viney. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, perhaps. Uh, you have to, yes, and I think I can help you. Uh, you have to remember that... Um, When you have a plant that produces seeds that have uh, that have burrs on them of any kind whether they're sharp or whether they're velcro like or whatever that is the way that nature intended for those seeds to be uh, disseminated across the countryside in amber or or whatever and so there are a lot of plants that have that technique of getting around town um this does not sound like well, there are there are three or four that are common in lawns. Uh goatheads and grass burrs to use two Accepted common names, and, and I don't mean anybody is out there saying, okay, there's a rubber stamp, this is accepted and that one's not. But two really commonly used common names, goatheads and grassburs, are two distinctly different weeds of West Texas. graspers are a okay. grass. I don't think you have either one of them. graspers are a grass. They are a true grass. They have parallel veins in their leaves. The leaves look like grass leaves. Goatheads, uh, look more like they're they're definitely a dicot, a dicot lead in this plant. They, their leaves are not do not have parallel veins. Um and they are wicked. They'll go through a bicycle tire. They are awful. Um, but I don't think that's what you have either. And that and you that, would have no, had those that in Colorado. That is I, have. I, I These went are... to school I went to school in Fort Collins for a year and so I'm aware oh. of goatheads both places. Um, <laughs> okay. So so you probably have one of the other uh, weeds that has some kind of a burr or a, a mechanism for attaching and those are generally not terribly common I have never heard anybody say you've got to dig soil out and it's certainly not six inches down that would be for a perennial right. weed and even perennial weeds you don't have to do that I wouldn't do that for sedge or dallas grass those are the two uh, most tenacious weeds that we have in Texas and I wouldn't do that for those um I, the the question now boils down. Uh, let me tell you how we're going to address this, and I can get you an answer that will serve you very well. I, okay. I also will tell you go to your county extension office there in Tom Green County. It's a very capable county extension office. I have known your county horticulturists for uh, you've had a, a couple, and I've known them for forty years, and and they're they're very good people. Uh, number one, you have that, yeah. to. You have to distinguish if you have a broadleafed or a grassy weed. odds are quite good that you have a broadleafed weed. And for broadleafed weeds, you can use a broadleafed weed killer, which would contain 24D, 2, 24 4 hyphen D, as in dandelion or as in darned old clover or whatever. Those are, that's a category right. of weed killer that will control any non-grassy plant. You have to be careful. Now, will that kill those? the grass. No, because grass is is a grass. It's not a broadleaf plant. Uh, You wouldn't want to use it on St. Augustine when the temperatures are above 85 because it could burn the St. Augustine. It will tell you that on the label. But uh, but it will kill non-grassy weeds. Grasses like corn and bamboo and Johnson grass and Dallas grass and Saint Augustine all have parallel veins when you look at a blade of those the veins are all parallel to each other, just like if you put your fingers together they're parallel you know if they're tightly together they're parallel to each other, just like the veins would be so you if you right. have a plant whose leaves are the veins are not parallel, then a broadleafed weed killer would kill it uh, so that's that's the first thing is is it a grass or not a grass and and if it's not a grass then a broadleafed weed killer will kill it. Now, second thing that you can, you can determine if it's an annual weed, which these probably are, uh, and if they're out there now growing actively in May, they probably germinated in the fall and grew over the winter and got really big in the spring. That one I'm kind of guessing on because we're still pretty early in the growing season. And if that's the case, then a a pre-emergent weed killer applied back in September might have stopped these. But for sure, sure, you could have used that broadleaf weed killer back in February before they started growing actively and, and blooming and producing these seeds. That's where your county extension office or a farm supply store can help you they can they can tell you what category of weed you have or a texas certified nursery professional you have all kinds of help take a sample in and they can they can tell you what category of weed killer to use
1: okay you've been a big help you, <laughs> you what you said and makes more sense than what a lot of people have told us <laughs> well it's
0: weed control is a little complicated because you have a lot of different kinds of weeds but it's not it, it is it doesn't need to scare anybody and help is out there and people in texas are a lot friendlier than the weeds are so you're going to be fine <laughs> yes yes we're yeah, glad you found here. that out yeah. we're glad you're here <laughs> well thanks
1: neil have <laughs> a good day you.
0: take care uh-huh. right, thank, thank you, you. you all right let's go to larry and brian my old hometown larry this is neil good morning
1: yes uh neil i have um Cedar ground covering in, in beds, and I have grass and weeds and stuff coming up through that, uh, like Bermuda. Is there anything I can put on that that won't affect the the plants and stuff in the beds?
0: Yeah, I missed it. I didn't understand one of the words. Did you, did you say feeder, like a bird feeder? Uh, no, uh,
1: cedar, like cedar ground covering.
0: Oh, cedar, like cedar mulch.
1: Well, uh no like the, the cedar ground covering. The, there's the blue kind and it just uh, it's like a cedar tree but just ground cover I'm
0: I'm absolutely with you now like blue rug juniper or something of that yes, sort Yes yes, yes. okay yes, I am tuned in I, I have okay. adjusted the dial um uh no in, an, in answer to your <laughs> question not the answer you wanted after working so hard with me nope. uh but I'll tell you how you how you deal with it I've had the very same thing with uh, TAM junipers, uh, and I had a very good solution to it, uh, that, for me anyway. It worked very well for me. Um, the, the, the problem, and let me explain to folks what happens. You have, uh, these, these trailing junipers that you plant, and we'll just play with me on this one, Larry, we'll just say that you plant them 18 inches apart or 24 inches apart, and then you get, you get Bermuda grass that comes up. What can you use to kill the Bermuda that won't kill the juniper? And the, the problem is there is nothing. Anything's going to be happier to kill the, the juniper than it will the, the Bermuda grass. Um, the original Roundup uh, product, or and, and now it's in many brands, glyphosate, the original glyphosate product will kill Bermuda grass very well. Keep that in the back of your mind because there might be a way that you could paint that on with a foam rubber paintbrush if you have a good clear shot at the Bermuda in some areas. Just keep that reserve that information but what i did in in my beds i had a fairly large bed of tam juniper until we enlarged our driveway and i bought some roll type mulch the uh, roll type fabric uh, weed block landscape fabric i think was the brand name and i cut it and fit it kind of like shingles up around the junipers i, I cut slits uh, halfway into it and just cut pieces of it it was ugly when I finished. I, it, I wasn't worried about that because I put pine bark mulch on top of it to make it look nice. But I cut it and slid it up to the to the, um, to the the stems of the junipers. And then mm-hmm. I'd overlap it where I had seams uh, by about three or four inches. And that stopped the, the Bermuda. It did not come through the, the mulch, uh, the uh, roll-type fabric. And... Um, it uh that allows water and and even fertilizer to go through the the roll fabric uh this is not black plastic this is this is uh, something water can penetrate and um and it it did not allow the bermuda to come up in the seams because i had that four or five inch overlap and the pine bark mulch uh, looked good and i left it that way for a couple of years and then pulled everything out and put the pine bark mulch back in place and got some new pine bark mulch to freshen it up and by that time, it had killed the Bermuda grass. The only place that I still had a problem was where it came up right in the neck, right where the right where the, uh, the junipers came up through the, the slit. You know, if I had any any Bermuda grass right in the juniper itself, right in the if it came from the nursery with the Bermuda grass, then I had to do something heroic right there. But otherwise, it did a good job.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <coughs> well, I
0: just. My wife's getting tired of pulling it. <laughs> well, it's that's a thankless job. Like I say, you can, you can use a glyphosate-only weed killer. Uh, some of the products now have other weed killers mixed with them, and I would not recommend using those because those are active in the soil. But the original glyphosate, the original Roundup product, does not go into the soil. It has to go on the leaves of the Bermuda. And if you have an area where you could either use a a sponge or uh, you know put rubber glove on use a sponge or a foam rubber paintbrush just to wipe it across the bermuda that would kill it too yes sir
1: um i I appreciate it
0: Uh, thank you a lot i've i've worn myself out on these two answers i want you to know that (laughs) i gave it all (laughs) have a good day thank you sir all right Let's see where I am. Michael and Brian, if you will let me get one break out of the way here, uh, I'll come to you. Those are long answers, and I'll give you an equally good answer uh, to the best of my ability. Stay with me, if you will. Folks, we have three lines open now, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Stay with me, 888-256-1080. E Gardens eGardens is my free, as in not going to charge anything for it, electronic newsletter. We have more than 80,000 subscribers to it. You have to subscribe, uh, and you do that by going to my website. There's a, a, a special page on the website for eGardens, E as in electronic, eGardens. We're in our 18th year with eGardens, and somewhere about five or six years ago, I went to weekly with it instead of monthly. We used to have a big monthly one. And I thought, you know what, that's too far removed. If there's some kind of a weather thing expected, that's no good. But with weekly, I can say, hey, it comes out on Thursday. Hey, I understand that next Monday, it's going to get really hot or really cold, or it's going to get windy or whatever. And I can I can alert you to that. And in fact, uh, I promise you one per week, Uh, Probably once a year you'll get an odd one, uh, maybe on a Tuesday or something weather alert it's going to do this or that but basically it's it's every thursday just a little after 6 p.m there are five stories in eGardens. one of them will always be a featured plant of the week one of them will always be gardening this weekend where i point out things that you need to do that week in your landscape and garden and one of them used to be a featured question of the week now i'm taking your questions and i pick eight or ten questions that are the greatest general public interest that you have Uh, posted to eGardens, and I answer those. So we've greatly expanded eGardens. I think you'll like it. Take a look at it. The latest issue is always there, or or almost always there, at neilsperry.com, my website, and that's right where you sign up for it. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, then click on that eGardens tab. I'll be back with more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Smart person has arrived, come and gone. The air conditioning is working. Why don't we go to Jack and Corpus Christi? Maybe Michael will come back in. He's moving the water or something. Let's go to Jack and Corpus Christi. Jack, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you this morning? I'm well. Thank you, sir. Boy, there's a nice, strong phone connection. That's good. How can I help you? I wanted to touch base with you and see how the. Uh, we're in a really drought condition down here. See
1: how I can keep my grass uh, it, with a minimum of water. The city's trying to restrict
0: our watering okay. uh, as green as possible this summer. Please, sir. What kind of grass do you have? Uh, Bermuda grass. All right. Um, let, me, let me give a message to the entire state, especially to Bermuda grass owners. Um, don't worry too much because everybody's going to understand uh, if you have a luxury hotel and you just have to have it looking great then that's a different story maybe but for home lawns um, keep it alive and vigorous and it will rebound when the rains come back and when the water is replenished i, I you know the the way let me let me answer your question directly jack I don't know that I want this on my record as being my recommendation to you, but my answer to the question is that nitrogen is what makes turf grass green up. And the recommendation in general terms on a, on a 10 year average would be that to, to fertilize Bermuda grass in Corpus Christi, you would start, um, probably in, in February or late February, early March with a very high nitrogen fertilizer. Uh, With uh, 30-35% of that nitrogen slow release to give sustained feeding, and you'd fertilize every uh, eight or nine weeks. Are you in sandy soil or clay where you are in Corpus Christi? Uh, Clay. All right. Then about every uh, eight weeks uh, or so, you might move it uh, shorter intervals between feedings if you're in sand because it doesn't hold as well. Um, and and you' do that until uh, until uh, late September, October. you hit ha- you probably get one more feeding in in Corpus Christi than anybody else in the state would uh, other than Victoria of my stations because your growing season is so long. That's what you would normally do um, but because you're under the restrictions and probably will continue to be until a tropical storm comes through or something, heaven forbid um, you don't need to, you don't need to push it too hard your Bermuda will not die from the drought Uh, and so we go into what is a uh, sustenance a sustaining amount of fertilizer and that would be to fertilize at half the recommended rate or fertilize half as often the Bermuda is going to hang in there just fine. Um, I live on the other side of the state outside Dallas and 2011 was our benchmark awful year and we had restrictions that were just dreadful and we just kind of quit feeding the bermuda grass we fed it a little bit right ahead of the watering time and and just kept it going knowing that there would be a better day so that's the answer i want to to go on my resume that that i said let's back off a little bit Uh, okay to try to keep things going the the critical thing your grass will survive just fine the thing that worries me more when we get water restrictions uh, might be the shade trees but most especially would be uh, shrubs and ground cover beds Asian jasmine is a great example I see Asian jasmine beds that people have had for 20 years and they let them die because they don't water and and uh, just a little bit of water would keep them alive and uh, the same amount of water put on a lawn would water at one time and, and they could keep an Asian jasmine bed Alive through the whole summer by watering it once or twice and, and so we'd need to prioritize So this is early in the season to be having this conversation. I hope it doesn't Linger all the way through the summer Did, did that make sense? Uh, yes, sir. Sure did. Do you recommend uh Watering in early in the morning or late in the evening or to, to minimize the amount of uh, you know evaporation or evaporation yes you have to and your city probably will put that on you. Most cities say not not after 10 a.m and not before 6 p.m Right and for people who have St. Augustine, uh, the morning is is better because of disease problems that that uh, will happen if you water in the evenings. Okay. So this may be a bumpy ride this summer. It seems like we get bumpy rides all the time, the cold and then what, the drought. What is, what is your recommendation for San Augustine grass to keep it alive? Well, you have to be a little bit more attentive to the water um, okay? Uh, because it, it will die in, in dry soils. But it will make it. We, we, we baby these grasses too much uh, because we want them to be perfect. And when we're in a really stressful time, we don't have to have perfect grass. I, I I love a beautiful landscape, and the people who say no, let's just put rock in, I'm I'm against that. But uh, except maybe in extremely arid parts of West Texas, but but uh, uh, but uh, I I think we just have to get through it. The one thing I will say with St. Augustine is that it is prone to chinch bugs, and uh, uh, they they can become more of a problem if the grass is weakened in the summer. So we have to double our efforts to watch out for, for chinch bugs and other problems in St. Augustine. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call very much. All right, let me take a break. We'll come back. We'll have Michael and Brian. I think he's all queued up and ready to roll. Uh, my book is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. If you want to see what these various problems look like and need to have some kind of identification, a tool it's in there. And, uh, So just a lot of things. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. It's things you have to know to get started in gardening in Texas. Uh, If you're a newcomer or if you're just trying to refine your skills, Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar of when to do everything for every county in the state of Texas. And uh, it is four pages per month of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all of the plants that you're growing. People tell me that that chapter alone pays for the book. Chapters 3 through 11 are incredibly detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials. Those chapters have big charts to help you pick the best of each of those categories. Uh, Then we have um, lawns and fruit and vegetables. I worked a year to write this book, 840 of my photographs. It took me a lifetime to get the information in my mind that I put into this book. And uh, 344 pages, high-quality paper printed in Texas, bound in Texas, both in San Antonio, I might add. It was born where I was born, and uh, also uh, not far from the Alamos, so where our state was born. So all of that going on uh, and available to you right away at a substantial discount right now. I'm clearing out the final copies, of, uh, and I have several hundred of them, Not not many, of the fifth printing and i have marked them to 32.95 they have been 36.95 the sixth printing when i take delivery will be 38.95 so at 32.95 you see the bargain you're getting but don't delay because when the price uh, when the uh, when the stock runs out of the fifth printing price goes up satisfaction guaranteed i'll send you a signed copy i'll be signing tomorrow night I may be watching the sports things tomorrow, and I'll be signing Monday and putting them in the mail no later than Wednesday. So here are the two ways you can order because the book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. Eight hundred seven five two 752 grow That's a weekday phone number, 800-752-4769. That's a number directly to my office. The other way, the better way to order is to order right now from my website at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. As I say, satisfaction guaranteed or a full refund, 75,000 copies sold and no requests for refunds yet. Uh, Here is the uh, website again. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. Looks like Brian, I'm I'm sorry, Michael in Brian, uh, has just not, he must have laid his phone down, forgot that he was on a phone call. I don't know, but... uh. Jared says he's just not there. There's dead air when he goes to it. So let's go to Stephen in Giddings. Stephen, the Sneal, Good morning, Mr. Neil, I got a gardening question for you. My
1: squash in the garden there is putting on blooms like crazy, but hardly how you call it, any fruit.
0: All right. Do you know how to tell the difference? This this is a serious question. Okay. Not intended to get any snickers out of the fifth graders here. Um, how to tell the difference in a male squash flower and a female squash flower? I don't know. I've heard it before, but I don't remember. Okay. Uh, the the male squash flowers have a straight stem where, where the petals attach to the 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 stem that in turn attaches to the the main stem of the plant. Uh, female flowers okay. have a swollen area that turns into the fruit, and once you see the difference, you will be able to tell instantly. And a, a squash plant, when it begins flowering for the first couple of weeks, will have all male flowers. It's kind of nature's way of making sure that there will be pollen there when uh, when when the female flowers start to uh, be produced. And so look closely to see if you have a male or female uh, squash flower that you're concerned about. The male flowers will open and close in one day, and then they'll fall off, and people get all, all concerned, oh, I'm not getting any squash. Well, there's no way. Um, but then the female flowers will show up, and if they fall after a day or two, uh, usually they'll go ahead and close, and the fruit will start to develop for a couple of days and then abort. And if that happens, then that means that that was not pollinated, that there was not enough bee activity to pollinate, to carry the pollen from the male flowers over to the female flowers. And so at that point, you need to become the bee. You need to take some of the male flowers and peel the petals out of the way, get them out of the way, cut them or, or peel them back, and you, you obviously you've... You, clip the flower off, the male flower off, and you peel the petals back and you daub the pollen onto the female flowers. You just transfer the pollen yourself in the morning and you will be amazed at how many fruit you can get that way. You don't want to overtax the uh, the, the plants, but that's the way that you can help if you don't have good bee activity. So that is that is the uh, adult version of the birds and the bees on squash. <laughs>
1: Well, okay. Uh, since he said that there, you know, I mean, well, my 88 year old mom, went there, I, told her, oh, I tell her I'm not seeing very many bees there. Well, and that's, and, that's, you the that they're other, not the, pollinating there. Is there something I can plant or uh, maybe
0: not this year no more, but something that would help draw bees in there more? No, the squash, they love squash. They'd be very happy, uh, so no, you don't need to. You don't need to be planting anything else. The squash should work, but you're just going to have to do the manual uh, pollination, and and you can take the the pollen off the same plant off, off plant A and and put it on the plant A, the female flowers. But you have to learn how to tell the difference. You can go online and see photos of it. I have photos in my books. Every book I've ever written. I have photos of male and female squash flowers, so you can see them very easily. But just from my description, Stephen, you'll be able to tell when you go out and look. Okay. All right. Got to run, but I hope that helps. Appreciate you. Mighty fine. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Thank you. All right. Let me tell you about my website, folks, because that is where you order my book. If you're interested, it's neilsperry.com. My the vowels in my name N E I L are in alphabetic order E I N E I L S P E R R Y dot com and You can order my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, there. It's the only place you can get it, other than calling my office. That's where you sign up for my electronic newsletter, eGardens. That's the only place you can get it. There's no other way you can get it other than signing up at my website. You can see the uh, 1,001 frequently asked questions uh, that I have to help you with questions that uh, you'd like to know, like why do my squash not set flowers, uh, not set fruit. In fact, I'm not sure what I may have uh, photos there and uh, a lot of other things, Rose Rosette Virus, St. Augustine Diagnostics, all of that on my website. That's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Seems like these days temporary storage facilities are on every street corner, but let's do some math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own metal storage building in your own backyard. That happens when you get a Mueller Backyard Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with bolt-together designs. They're priced right, you keep your stuff at home, and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose. That adds style to your storage space. If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all the options at MuellerInc.com, M U E L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at eight seven seven two 2 mueller to find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. They're Mueller, they're made in America, and they're made to last. com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Obviously not enough time for another call. Uh, One thing I am going to give you as a tip, and um, I think this needs to be repeated very often right now, and that is if you have new trees and shrubs that you have planted this spring, water them by hand. Drip irrigation won't work. Sprinkler irrigation for your lawn won't work. Water them by hand with a hose with a, a, a bubbler or a water breaker on the end of it. If it's a five-gallon plant that you planted, put five gallons of water on it every other day while it's hot, and uh, you you won't overwater them. They need that water. That's an important message. Chair Taylor, great job today. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Happy garden.